I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Very excited today because Danae and I used to do a lot of coaching sessions on the pod, and we've kind of gotten away from them, logistics, just other things that have gone on. But we have one today, and we're really excited because we feel like it's going to be a really good conversation that a lot of you are going to resonate with, um, and I think will be beneficial for a lot of you to, to hear. So today we're talking to Claire. And Claire, you wrote in, I mean, there's a lot, right? Obviously, we got the background, the download. Um, but specifically, what we want to talk about, obviously, it's relational. You know, it's about the relationship. It's about potentially the ending of a marriage, right? Uh, but it's also about your kind of struggle to come to terms with it. It sounds like in the process of coming to terms with it, you're coming to terms with some eye-opening revelations about yourself, but also mm -hmm. culturally, societally, right? Um, being a woman in this world and what that means to end a relationship, um, what it means for us in relationships as women to kind of be the ones that hold all of the like, there's something wrong with me. Am I doing something wrong? Right. And so I'd love if you could just kind of take us through the, the catalyst really for you reaching out. Yeah. So um, first, super grateful, right? Y'all are awesome. So thank you just for the opportunity. But um, let's see, the catalyst is, I think, continuously being trapped in like this box of my own head, like my inner core beliefs, which don't serve me sometimes. And then again, I think like 
cultural and societal, as y'all mentioned, some of those constraints, you know, and so um, <clears throat> from a lot of different angles as a, as a woman, like when it comes to relationships and trying to figure out what's the threshold, like what is acceptable for <laughs> you to say, maybe this just isn't best for me anymore, you know, and you get all the different like messaging, like I said, internally or externally, and it's a lot to navigate through. And so for me, I think a lot of it boils down to <clears throat> you, you start off maybe years back with this, you get so excited to want to be wanted, right? And again, I'm a recovering codependent, right? So I get where a lot of this stuff is rooted from. I, childhood, you know, CPTSD, like the whole gamut, like all the stuff, right? But, and then maybe like it presents that dream, this relationship presents that dream. And so you kind of are like, I can make this work, right? Like I can, I can make this work, but how are you going to make it work? It feels sometimes maybe like self-abandoning mm -hmm. and kind of questioning some of that, right? And then you maybe you're feeling like square peg and round hole. And I think for some of us that are like really hard on ourselves, it's hard to differentiate between, you know, the, um, I think the whole model out there and a lot of the industry is like, well, look at yourself. Like, what more can you do? Like, you know, how are you showing up? And, and all this stuff. And like, that's kind of the crux of it. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like you don't have to tell me to work harder. In <laughs> fact, particularly from a codependent perspective, like at what point can I stop? You yes. know, like Ooh. no one teaches us how to leave or how to identify that. And so as you begin to go like, Hey, my health's affected, my mental health's affected. I don't want to sit and blame somebody, but like also all the messaging I've ever received in my life is like, just keep working at it. And also you're facing losing the dream, even though maybe that dream is morphing with, you know, self-growth. But um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Where are you at, I guess, on the journey of this relationship container? So are you... Uh, you mentioned in your email, like you'd done some couples therapy. I mean, are you guys both ready to call it quits? Like, where are you at with that? I'm just curious, like what the container looks like currently. So in my gut, and when I say my gut, when I feel centered, I do believe in truly like a centered space, meditation, your higher self, all that, that stuff. I get the messaging consistently in when I'm in that space that, maybe I just should exit. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's hard for me to stay in that space. So I want to feel kind of confident, but I've been communicating that mm -hmm. in turn. Um, the partner that I've chosen is a lovely man who really hates the emotional deep end of the pool. So in loving me as much as he does, he's trying, but he hates it. Like mm -hmm. he hates the trying and the stuff, you know? And, um, so we have currently jointly decided to take a trial separation. And I think for him, it's kind of from this place of avoidance to just make the pain stop. Yeah. And I get that for sure. And I think for me, it's kind of like, this might be best. So it's sort of walking through the fire right now. Mm. And 
fully terrified all the childhood attachment like as y'all have spoke of before you know it's a, is it attachment or connection right um super inflamed fear of the unknown and i think it's important though that we both just at minimum find a an equilibrium within ourselves so mm. that's where we're at right now mm. oh. <laughs> what you got to because i got a lot <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to go? Go ahead. I was looking for something I wanted to <laughs> share. Maybe I can't something? find okay. it. Um, something that you said triggered something. And I was like, oh, I just saw something on this, Claire. But I have thoughts even without the thing that I was looking for. First of all, just the biggest oof at mm-hmm. your level of self-awareness. I think it's so helpful to have you on because there's just so many ways that you beautifully articulate on behalf of the female collective from my perspective at this moment in history. You know, um, a friend of mine or ours, who's a man, (laughs) Jeremiah Latimo was just posting something earlier today where he was talking about like the, the collective shift in women that is happening where we are really coming into our sense of clarity about our power and about what we want for ourselves within this one wild and precious life that we've been given. And he was saying, you know, fellas, like it's what we've been doing is just not going to cut it anymore. And the ladies aren't really interested. And I think that, you know, you said something about what is the threshold, right? Like we go into these relationships a lot of times because every single thing that we have been conditioned to believe is that until you are partnered, you are incomplete and partnership should be the baseline. And so you should figure out how to make it work so that you can at least say, I did everything. I tried everything. I worked my ass off. And again, from my perspective, that comes from a very patriarchal way of holding what it is to be alive, which is life is work. Life is hard. You got to swim against the current. You got to struggle through this life. You got to hustle for your belonging. And I heard something a few months ago that changed me forever, Claire. It was society has told women that a tolerable level of permanent unhappiness is what we should just believe that we're meant Mm -hmm. to experience in this life. It's what we've been sold. It's what we've been living. And I call bullshit. And I got to tell you, I am obsessed with the idea and am living proof that there is actually no reason that we need to be in a tolerable level of permanent unhappiness to be in a partnership when here's what, we can be by ourselves until we meet or collide with someone where it is so in flow. It is so inspiring. It is so life affirming that I can't not do this. Um, because it's actually okay if we spend our entire lives by ourselves. P.S. Society doesn't want us to think that's the case, but it's actually like I have a ton of community and a ton of people who support me and love me and inspire me. And I don't have to be partnered to do that. And I think more and more collectively, we as women are sort of saying, you know what? (laughs) Here's the thing. I actually don't have to figure out how to make this square peg fit in a round hole. But what we do have to do is exactly what you said which is figure out how to sit in the fire of the fear of the unknown that that requires. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's a, it's a profound um, quote that you said also, you know, it's very much of (laughs) focus on someone's good qualities, which at a certain point 
I, I do truly believe in operating, you know, at times love directed through me rather than at me, mm. but also why do I have to be grateful for just breadcrumbing? You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I um, The part that I wrote down that really struck me personally too, kind of struck a chord is this idea of like, it's hard to differentiate when we're out there and we're seekers and we're doing this work and we're getting the message from all sides to work harder. You know, I mean, Danae and I talk about owning your part all the time, right? Like Mm -hmm. own your part, what's yours to own? Um, How can you pay attention to yourself, put the focus on yourself? And when you said, you don't have to tell me to work harder. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, man, like <laughs> as the resident over-functioning <laughs> perfectionist, right? Yeah. Like I have to perform for my love. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm not working hard and I'm not performing, then I'm not worthy of love. Yeah. Right. If I'm not yeah. succeeding, if I'm not accomplishing, if I'm not dancing for my supper, right? Yeah. I think some of the most profound work it sounds like for you has been this unraveling of like, whose voice is this really? Right. Because I know how to work hard. I know how to play the perfectionist role. And I also know where that's led me. And so here's what I'm not going to do anymore. I'm not going to take all the blame. I'm not going to take on all the responsibility. I am going to look in the mirror and own my part, but that doesn't mean doing more than my 50%. Right. And I think for a lot of us that are on that, that side of that recovering people, pleasing over functioner, um, that is one of the hardest things actually in this work. And, and I'll tell you what, I've had even recent experiences, like certain, you know, clientele, like I've said to my therapist, like, I just don't like working with this, you know, with couples in particular, I'll just say it. I'm like, I don't love working with couples. And he's like, at what point do you just get to say, I don't really like working with that. And then just stop. Like at what point do you have to stop beating yourself up and being like, well, I should keep trying. And this is for my good. This is for my growth, right? right? Just keep putting the hours in. And so I just want to commend you for having the awareness, like, holy shit. A lot of my work actually is around that right there. Not to derail, but I feel it's very similar. (laughs) I've just, I've got shit for days. We can just, (laughs) but it's kind of similar to that of like acknowledging, okay, if we stop the self-abandoning, if we acknowledge how we got here, if some of it you have to acknowledge was like you were manipulative to get this dream, to not be myself is manipulative in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's an amount also, I think tied to, again, as women, permission. And like, as you're saying, maybe I just don't want that. Maybe yeah. I... I don't like it. And it's like having permission to even have once or identify or differentiate what we do and don't like in a sense. And again, I don't mean to make this a a gender thing because I think we could go the other side. Men don't ever have permission to express their feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. but I know for me personally, it's very difficult to feel that my wants and desires are allowed and they're not selfish. Yes. You know, and that's kind of tied into this. So just well, that you don't have to justify them, right? That you can just want something and go out and take it or ask for it or whatever just because Mm -hmm. you want it. It doesn't have to be something you have to justify. Yeah. And I think that's hard. And that's that's a pretty big game changer though, when you start to live 
we, you start to live that way and you, and you start to live that way, not just in your romantic relationships, but in your, you know, your work life, your friend life, your family life. And no, it's not selfish. You know, it's not selfish to say, I don't like that thing. And so I'm not going to do that thing right now. We're not saying like, if I got a kid, like you think I like making three meals a day, every day for the rest of my life. No, of course not. I got to do it. Cause I got to feed my kid. Right. There is a difference, but if I don't like certain aspects of this partnership, or I don't like certain, you know, ways that certain friends show up or like, I just don't really love the way I feel in this friendship anymore. Do I have to justify that? It just doesn't feel aligned anymore. Right. No. And I think there's a way that to me, true aliveness is one that my life doesn't have to make sense to anybody, but me. And it probably won't frankly, when we start reclaiming our life, really. And that's, that's the part of this that, um, I think is hard and that we don't talk about enough is that there will be resistance. Like I'm not even going to sugarcoat it for you, Claire. Like people are going to judge you. People are going to think you've lost your mind. People are going to have some like perspectives and it's all about their fear and their programming. So that's what you have to know, you know, but even with what V was saying about like, yes, we, there are certain things we have to do. But even the three meals that we make for our kid a day, there's a way to do that where I don't have to be in the space of suffering. Like mm-hmm. I could rearrange things and get a friggin' delivery service if I really hate it that much making these right. meals. Yeah, there's right. this thing of like, we have to be like doing the right thing because like, no, that is like, to me, the next frontier for us as women. And I will say women, because I think so much of this is our programming, like, that good girl programming that like yeah. everybody else and how they're going to feel about it first programming that we are, you know, s- crumbling and like smashing to bits, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think that is what we are living through, but being a pioneer is not easy. It's not going to be like, everybody's like, Oh yes, just as long as you're happy, we're happy for you. And I think that's important to say, cause that's a lot of sitting in the fire of this as well. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's super grateful for the work y'all do. There's a lot of pioneers out there, you know, even as women, I mean, Mm. there's, there's a lot. And then I think it's hard for some of us that like, I'm getting amazing feedback, amazing insight from y'all. And I also seek it in my own therapy, like for it. Right. Um, I think it's difficult kind of what you're saying today is like for those of us that don't have let's say platform community even that that's not of the same mindset we haven't developed that yet because i think that's within our control to develop but man when you're like just in your neighborhood you know and the neighborhood is the cookie cutter like thing it's just like uber difficult to you know to face that judgment as you're saying like to go against the flow to to be, to live the authentic self when you then put it back together with something's wrong with me, that core belief, right? That um, we're not going to solve here, but you know, it's Well, but I, I think you nailed that on the head though. I think that this, this time that we're in too, and listen, social media as a tool, right? There's, there's pros and cons, there's light and dark to everything. It is about establishing community that might not be physical community in the area that you live right now. I actually would venture to say that it is. They're probably just in their houses thinking the same thing and they're just not walking the streets talking about it yet, right? But if we 
make an effort to actually create this community around ourselves so that we don't feel so alone. And so that we do realize there's a lot of us out here to your point. There's a lot of us out here, you know, um, you won't feel so like, Oh, I'm the ostracized one for making this decision. Once people start popping up in your sphere that are like, "Mm, me too, me too, me too. And so when I've worked with clients, especially women more recently, that's been one of my biggest pushes to them is like, this idea of like, quote unquote, self-care. It's like, as a therapist, I'm not talking about self-care. I'm talking about community. Like, are you putting the time and the effort into actually building your community? Because it's important as this world starts to shift and we start to shift that we have our sisters and honestly, our brothers too, that are on this journey with us in our corner that are saying like, I've got you and I don't think you're crazy right now. We don't need that external validation. That's part of this work. And we're social creatures. So it is important that we establish around us those support systems. So I think that's part of this for you is going to be to continue to like work at creating that for yourself. Yeah, for sure. I've been saying this year, it's about finding my circus because mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily the cookie cutter Stepford wife. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I want to share with you, Claire, as a single woman who I think everything that Vanessa said is absolutely true. And there's a mantra that um, I want to like give a shout out to this. And and I do think that social media, this is where social media can be unbelievably supportive, Mm -hmm. but there's a content creator called led by source. And I want to give her a shout out, but she had this quote that was sometimes there is no support system. There's just you and the universe and only a vision that you can see. And when I tell you, That was my mantra for several months Mm. of my life, just like repeating that to myself, because there are some fires that we are learning. Nobody's going to walk you through. There are some times when you are alone in your bed at night, wondering if you made the right decision. Nobody's there with you. You don't have community in those moments and you got to stay with yourself. And I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, sister, that was my mantra a lot of the times. And I felt held by the universe in that remembrance. And I think Absolutely. When we show up in truth and learn to stay with ourselves, our people will find us. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I knew that, you know, I couldn't be the only one who felt this way, but I just want to normalize too, that part of uh, the walking of this path is that there are some spaces where there is not going to be anyone there, but something holding you, some sort of intelligence that's there with you. And when we stay with ourselves in that space, we teach ourselves, I'm still here. I got me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost that, you know, it goes back to kind of the reparenting and and it's just so hard because you want that. This is how I kind of got into this situation. This is kind of how I got into that pickle. Mm-hmm. Soothing, you know, um, saving like all of it. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's, I'm having a moment. It's definitely hitting me what you just said, because I feel like that is like the crux of the work, you know, because mm-hmm. um, being able to be in that space. I mean, that's really where we, at least I believe like our, our higher self exists. And, and right. so it's meeting you there, you know, and um, it's hard, but yeah. Yeah, we, we get just... ourselves into these pickles by by outsourcing. Like you said, this is the soothing. It's the reparenting work. It's like we've been taught that we have to outsource that stuff to somebody else. 
when somebody else has to give it to us instead of us giving it to ourselves. Right. And yeah, there's this expression, nobody finds God on a good day. Mm. And I don't think we find source when we're comfortable. I don't think we find source um, when we're avoiding the depths of our pain. I think, you know, I think that's a David Bowie quote where he says, like, there are those who, um, what is it? Religion is for people who fear hell. Um, spirituality is for people who've been there. I don't think we find this thing that we're speaking of when we're in the midst of like, I'll get there, but right now I got to be comfortable. You know, it's like when we say, I got to do this Mm -hmm. I'm terrified and I got to bet on myself anyway. So kudos to you. (laughs) So I have to ask, like, for those of us that are trying to find the courage, trying to go against, you know, either culturally or our own programmed, you know, kind of upbringing and things like that. And, and we're trying to heal and live more authentically as a result of that healing. Mm-hmm. Um, in these scenarios where it's relational, you're talking about marriage, it's just so huge. <laughs> How, what what do y'all recommend to like, I guess, combat some of that, like just really strong, even internal messaging of like, it's me. I should have just worked harder. You know, maybe I'm being too selfish or something. And I don't know. It's not like a quick fix. It's not like a one and done thing. But if there's techniques outside of even meditation or mantras or anything. Again, I do all the therapy. So trust me, I'm coming from that angle, but just y'all's individual thoughts or pointers. I mean, I, this, well, there's two, there's kind of two things that are coming up when you say that. So the first thing that comes up for me, and this might come across a little trite, but I almost feel like part of it is like, okay, so maybe I didn't do it. Maybe I didn't Mm -hmm. do all the things like as the, as a recovering perfectionist, I know for me, Sometimes it's been just about being like, all right, maybe I am the drama. Am I the drama? Maybe I am the drama. Mm-hmm. And I have to kind of just learn to be okay with that, right? Yeah. Like I, I had a profound experience a few years ago where I had a, a very long friendship end. And I can sit now, I still feel good about how it went, quote unquote, went down and my part in it. I also know that of course there's things that I could have said differently or done differently or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the biggest kind of point of change for me was when I realized that sometimes you have to be okay with being the bad guy in somebody else's story. There's a lot of acceptance in that. Like I can be the bad guy in this person's story and still know I'm not a bad guy, right? Like those two kind of ideas can exist at the same time. And if that's what they believe and they can mean a lot of things, it can mean the other person, it can mean society, it can mean our families, it can mean whatever. If they believe that I'm the bad guy, I don't have to also believe that I'm the bad guy. Like I can almost willingly go into me like, all right, I'm the drama. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, And in doing that and like, you know, Danae always talks about like radically forgiving yourself. Like there is work to be done in sitting with the, okay, I'm the bad guy here. You know? So that was a big one that came up when you said that. The other little point I want to, well, not little, but the other point is this idea of building the sense of self. Mm -hmm. while you're doing it, like brick Mm -hmm. by brick is how you build this sense of self, how you build this sense of home within 
yourself, right? So we don't build the sense of self in the help, the self-help books in reading them. We don't build the sense of self actually in necessarily in the therapy room. We build the sense of self when we speak up in that moment that we are terrified of speaking up or in the moment where we say no, when we, or say, yeah, no, when we're saying yes, right? Like every time we do the tiny thing, the the quote unquote tiny thing, the micro moment, that's when that sense of self is established. So it's not really a conceptual thing. It's like you do it in the moment of doing the thing, you know? I just would prefer a way to intellectualize around the doing. Wouldn't we all? (laughs) Well, we all. I'll give you away, right? Like I think whenever it comes to pattern interruption, it becomes being in curiosity around what's the payoff or like, why am I, what is this pattern doing for me? What am I getting from this? And so if it comes to perfection, let's call a thing a thing. That's about Mm -hmm. control, right? Mm -hmm. I'm attempting to control life by believing that there is a right quote way to do life. And if I can just stay within the parameters of doing it right, doing it perfectly, then I will be safe. So first we can hold ourselves with compassion around why we're doing that. There's Mm -hmm. normally some sort of a way that I had to attempt to control life, um, normally from a younger space to keep myself safe, to keep the world around me in a way that I could um, experience it um, as like I have some sort of control over this when life felt chaotic. So it's, it's really some of that inner child work around that. But then also if, you know, I believe this is a life school. And if all things, not some things, but all things are lessons that life would have us learn, can't get it wrong. So if this is not the right person, I will, it will become clear if, if it is the right person and we break up for a while, we'll find our way back to one another. We're so friggin' afraid of making a mistake because we have been taught that we have to be perfect in order to be worthy of love. And here's the thing, my sister, you couldn't be unworthy of love if you tried. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> and just thank you. You know, thank you both, especially, I mean, that messaging you can't get it wrong. I think it's something we just, we don't hear enough. You know, there's, especially, again, I have to say it, I hate to say it as women, it feels like you can get it wrong. You're getting older, you're aging, you're wrong all it's the your time. Shot, like all the shit, you know, and I, it's. And again, so I then know. am I the drama? Okay. Then I'm the fucking drama. Like I gotta be okay with that. But like, I know in my soul that there's no such thing as a wrong, you know, wrong decision. There's no such thing as a misstep. It's all learning. And so people can believe whatever they want to believe about me being the bad guy in their story. But I know. And that's, I know that's about their lack of self-compassion. That's about them putting themselves in a box of having to do life right. Right. Like it's not about you. It's not Mm -hmm. personal. And so my work is to see them with compassion when they come at me with their judgments and just say, oof, yeah, I get it. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to do this life. Right. But for me, I'm in a life school. I'm learning as I go. I'm, you know, I'm loving my way through it. I'm loving myself every step of the way. And so, yeah, I get it. I've just, I'm kind of done putting myself in a box of doing it right. It's exhausting. I'm tired. I'd rather just live. Yeah. 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 We need, we need more, more minds like this out there. (laughs) We're out there. We're all out there. Just waiting yeah. to be connected. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're one of them. Mm-hmm. You are a way shower. And it's not, you know, sometimes I find it easier to do things, the brave things when it's not about me, when it's mm-hmm. about like 
there's going to be a woman who someday you're going to be holding space for Claire. And she's going to be like, tell me how you did it. You know, what you move through becomes somebody else's survival guide. And you're going to say, here's how, here's how I stayed with myself. Here's how I showed myself that I was capable of so much more than I believed I was. Um, and that's why, right? Like keep hold her as your North star. Mm -hmm. To kind of reflect back. Um, I want you both to know that as you just said, it, it's very important for me to, while I might beat myself up at times, um, to acknowledge that all the spaces and the pain that I feel allow me to go to those places with others. And I just sure. want to thank you both, you know, for, uh, the work that y'all have done individually to then therefore be able to reach out to like myself or, or everybody that, you know, is in y'all's community because it means a lot. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you for that. Claire. Thank you, love. So do us a favor. Keep me, keep us posted. So yeah. know, let us know how things are going, right? Just check in and, um, yeah. and let us know, but you're part of the community, right? Just like you said, I mean, we're all in this kind of collective awakening evolution together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank so you. I connected. mean, again, great quotes. Thank you. <laughs> Danae's the quote encyclopedia. She's good at that. Last one. You are never, ever alone. Please remember that. Mm -hmm. Even when you are alone, you are never alone, sister. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. Get this posted, okay? Yeah. Thank you both. Mm -hmm. All right. Take care. care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> It's I been a while. That. First of all, know. it's been a while that we've done it since we've done a session and I miss them. But also mm -hmm. it's been a while since somebody has said something that I've been like, wow. <laughs> when she said that thing about which thing? you don't have to tell it, which thing you don't have to tell me to work harder. Uh -oh. I was like, hot damn. Isn't it so funny that when she said that, I literally was like, oof, that feels like B. And it, because it's like, trust me, I'm working <laughs> with like the energy of that. Yeah. And Yeah. I think a lot of women will really like feel that in their gut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she says those words, you know? Yeah. I think she just, what she's speaking to represents so much of what mm -hmm. we are hearing in our communities and as therapists and with our friends. And, um, you know, I, I've said this before and I, I usually say this in a lot of our intensives when we do our retreats, but, you know, it's hard to be a way shower. It's mm -hmm. hard to be a pioneer because you don't have anybody to look to. You don't right. have that myth of what could be, right? And somebody who's gone through it before you. And so it can feel lonely because you don't have a guide. And um, it's that's not a reason to stop, but it is something that should be acknowledged. And we do have to sit with like, it feels scarier sometimes when you're the quote unquote first to do it because you just don't have that guide. That's real. And I think- a lot of what I feel like we were having in that conversation with her come up is that I believe some of that space of like the sacred solitude and what can feel like the loneliness and like I don't have people that understand me is a little bit, I believe, like an initiatory process bringing us back to our relationship with source and like um, like more of a spiritual way of holding all of this, right? Because it's like, if nobody can save me from this discomfort, then I have to reach for something bigger. And that's always the case, right? Mm -hmm. Like when people get sober, what is like the first thing they do? It's like, we start to develop a relationship with a higher power of our understanding. There are some difficult moments in life that 
nobody can save us from, no matter how much they love us. And I think that's where we cultivate that relationship with something bigger, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of what we've realized is that a lot of our, oh, I'm trying to find the right word. I don't want to say collective unhappiness. That feels almost too broad. Hmm. There's something about this way that we've been going about seeking somebody outside of ourselves to be the savior. That's right. And boy, can that account for a lot of things, right? Whether that's a man, whether that's religion, whether that's a political figure, whether that's a parent, right? Especially as an adult. There's something about that that just keeps us in a state of perpetual grasping, victimhood, anxiety, infantilization, infantilization, like just there's so many of these things that we see show up at the doorstep of our therapy rooms, right? That really, when you get down to brass tacks, all funnel down to the same expression of seeking that outside. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, um, outside of capital S self. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that knows best. Yeah. Well, that's the the patriarchal wound, right? Because there was a time where we went directly to source for our answers. And then a patriarchal system said, no, like through the church, you need to come through me, through me to first. find your way to God, right? Mm -hmm. Someone outside of you knows the truth, but you need like that access point. And there's all these ways that that has trickled down into our understanding of how to be together in community. And it's like when I'm in an authentic self, capital S self. I can be in relationship with people. It's not about like, we don't need each other, but I can't actually show up as myself if I believe that I need you for survival. And so we're not actually in relationship with anyone when it's just these codependent, like, mm -hmm. I'm just so afraid of being with myself, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Always comes back to patriarchy. Always. <laughs> <laughs> always. <laughs> Y'all, are you are you sick of listening? Are to you tired of hearing us say the word patriarchy yet? Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I've used the word one trick or the term one trick pony with you. I do worry about that. No, no, no. Um, well, if if you are listening and there's something... how about this? When we elect our first female president, I will stop saying the word patriarchy. Oh Ow! shit! You okay, heard it here first, that's all folks. you gotta do. I will never say the word again <laughs> as soon as we have a female president, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Oh, man. Well, go watch the Barbie movie because, you know, Barbie I'm Land, Barbie Land had today. something figured out, let me tell you. Um, wait. If you are listening and you are interested in doing a coaching, coaching session, geez, what is wrong with me? Um, if there's something that you, you know, want to try to work through with us, if you want some perspective on, um, we are taking coaching sessions again, we actually have a link in our bio on Instagram where you can submit a question. So, um, go there and submit away because we are, we're bringing people on and we'd love to have you. Yes. Thanks for joining us for this episode of cheaper than therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.